Uh, so may God bless and work in our hearts. And so let's pray and ask God's blessing upon this service. Father, we are thankful for each one that's here. As I look out and see all these smiling faces, Lord, it's, it's just the fact that we uh, have such a treasure in Jesus Christ. And that, Lord, that greatest gift that was given to us, Lord, we are thankful that that's not a gift that's left unopened in our home. Lord, I pray that you help us now in this service. I pray you help me as well as I, I have opportunity to share various aspects of the message that, Lord, I want your spirit to work. I, uh, we don't want to be fancy or lean upon our own understanding or our own uh, finagling. Father, we want your spirit uh, to work in our hearts. I pray that with gratitude you'll sing this morning, that we'll do it heartily as unto thee, and that truly our worship will, will bring you glory and praise and honor, and it will be a joy to you. Lord, as we think of the songs that we sing during this time, glad tidings and joy to the world and heart the herald and those types of things, Lord, it's now our opportunity to praise you. And, and Lord, as you are there in heaven but also with us today, Lord, I pray that your ears will tingle with gladness as you hear our hearts sing to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, uh, our first song is going to be Ring the Bells. I'd like to share a little bit about um, the, uh, the things of the songs that we're going to be singing and a little bit of the story uh, behind these songs. In Isaiah chapter 12 in verse 6, Isaiah's prophecy of the coming Messiah was given 700 years before his birth. It was proclaimed with joy. There on the screen you read, it says, Cry out and shout, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. And that was talking about the coming Messiah. And so there in the Old Testament, you know that they were looking and anticipating the Messiah. Even from Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, the seed of the woman that would defeat Satan after the fall of man, the Lord would send his son. And from eternity past to eternity future, God had a plan for our redemption. The writer of Ring the Bells, Harry uh, Bullback, he was saved as a teenager. Uh, he was a concert pianist. And I thank the Lord for the wonderful, talented people that we have in our church who can play instruments and, uh, and sing and those kinds of things. But as a saved as a teenager, and he started his career as a concert pianist, he gave all of that up to become a missionary in Brazil. He is the writer of Ring the Bells. And there in uh, Brazil, he became the founder and the director of the Word of Life Camp and Bible Institute there in Brazil. How many have heard of Word of Life? Been around for a long time there in New York. He became the co-founder and director of Word of Life in the United States. This song is about proclaiming the good news of Jesus' birth. Truly, we have good news uh, to share uh, in our lives. Isn't that right? And I hope that message will catch us as we hear about those bells ringing uh, bells were given to announce uh, something going on. Sometimes bells rang for the time of day. Well, the bells that rang here and we sing about is the bells announcing the, uh, the, the Messiah being born. And I trust that uh, you understand what good news it is. Uh, 
You know, at our home, we, uh, we have a kind of a tradition when our kids are there. We did it this year early because our kids were all here for the grand opening. And that was to count the number of gifts that uh, were under the tree. And we would guess, and whoever got closest to that would get a Starbucks uh, gift card. And, uh, and you know it's amazing how many gifts when you have six children underneath that tree. And uh, boy, when you open up those gifts, and this morning we were able to open up some of the gifts that you folks had given, and just can't say enough of how thankful we are for the generosity of folks here at Westside Baptist Church, and what a treasure it is. But as you open up those gifts, and maybe you've opened up some already, inside usually there's maybe one or two gifts. I have been, I don't know who it is, but someone's trying to kill me with their kindness. They give me two bags of M&M's periodically, and uh, I am sometimes prone to eat both bags by myself. And so uh, yesterday I got two bags, and this morning I opened up another gift, and it had two bags of M&M's in it. So I have already put on 15 pounds, and so I better watch myself. But when you opened up the gift, of the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. I'm sure that most of us did not realize all that God had given to us. Our speaker at our grand opening, uh, Dr. Jerry Tetrell, he uh, has put out a prayer journal, personal prayer journal, and on the back he gives the A through Z. And think about these. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, even though you didn't understand all of this, these are just a portion of what he's given to us. I believe it's Peter, isn't it, that says that he's given to us all things that pertain to godliness? Here's these A's through Z's that uh, Brother Tetrell wrote down. Accepted in the beloved. That's who we are when we accept Christ. Born of God. Crucified with Christ. Delivered from the power of darkness. Enriched in everything in him. Forgiven for Christ's sake. Grounded in love. Hid with Christ in God, instructed in the way of the Lord, justified by His grace, kept by the power of God, led by the Spirit of God, may nigh by the blood of Christ, nourished in the words of faith, ordained to eternal life, perfected forever, quickened together with Christ, redeemed from the curse of the law, sealed with the Holy Spirit to promise translated into the kingdom of his son, unreprovable in his sight, victorious through the Lord Jesus Christ, washed from our sins in his blood, exalted from among the people, yearning over by the Holy Spirit, and zealous to good works. Amen? Amen? A through Z. And we could put a whole bunch more in that picture. Praise God for his unspeakable gift. Let's sing together, ring the bells of heaven. There is joy to gain. Let's stand together. We could. 210 if you need the, the uh, word. But they'll be up on the screen as well.
that song. Did you catch those words? Well, while shepherds watched. And this morning, some of my message is going to be on these shepherds. This song, and there were many songs that were written right around the turn of the 16th and 17th uh, millennials. This was in the early 1700s. It follows the account in Luke chapter uh, 2, verses 8 through 14, and it was the only Christmas carol that was sanctioned by the Church of England until 1782. At that time, uh, only the Psalms of David could be used in the church. It's interesting that this writer contributed a wonderful song, While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks by Night. In his own life, he suffered from the afflictions of things in this world. And though he contributed this song, he became a drunkard afterwards and a spendthrift and died in poverty. You know, there are good stories and there are sad stories with our songwriters. And though we get to sing this this morning about these shepherds, this first Christmas message, there in Luke chapter 2, in verses 8 and 9, it says, and there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Verse 9 says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were what? Sore afraid. Sometimes we can be afraid even with the good news that comes our way. It looked nothing like the uh, Christmas that we might have. And by the way, we had a white Christmas this morning. Did you notice that out there? I told someone this morning that's about as white as we wanted to get around here, uh, the frost on the ground. There were no snow, though, back this time. And more than likely, Jesus was not born uh, around December 25th. It was probably more like March or someplace in there while those shepherds would be out in the field. Uh, there was no decorated trees or festive Christmas lights. There's simply a group of shepherds out in their fields at night. And may I say this? Probably every night they were out there doing their job, watching over their sheep. God knew uh, where they were, and he knew who they were. They were not important in this world's eyes. They were not powerful or influential people. In fact, the Orthodox Jews of that time considered shepherds lowly and unclean, and they were not allowed to even testify in a court. Yet they were the ones who God chose for the most important birth announcement in human history. You know, as I look at this story about the manger and the poverty of Mary and Joseph and you read the account, the genealogy there of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, and who are in that uh, genealogy, it just reminds me that Jesus Christ came to this world to save sinners. Amen to that. And he came and gave up, as we've already sung, the blessings of his life, of heaven, of all of eternity, to come down to this world. So let's sing. You may remain seated as we sing, While Shepherds Watch Their Flock by night.
imagine that was written 1700, sanctioned by the church in 1782. And yet it sounds just as familiar as if we've sung it every year, isn't it? Wonderful song. Well, the message, what kind of message was this that was given to the shepherds that would change the world forever? This message uh, in Luke chapter 2, and if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn there in verses uh, 10 through 14. It says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to man. Uh, you notice the pictures changed a little bit on the screen up there as it started off with one angel coming and then the host of heaven. Let me just uh, give a little insight into some of this part of the message. It says the angels of the Lord suddenly, the angel, excuse me, of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly afraid. Verse nine. Usually in the Bible, when God sends a message to His people, He usually sends a prophet or a preacher, some human being usually. But here in this event, such an important message. He sent directly from heaven an angel, and probably the archangel, Gabriel, to proclaim this message. His glory, or the glory of God that accomplished this angel, was manifested in radiant, dazzling light and confirmed that the message was coming directly from heaven. There are several things in this message. Number one, there, that the message was from heaven. Number two, that the angels announced was a universal message. He says, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This wasn't just good news for the Jews, but for every person in the world. This baby would open the way of salvation for all people. You know, we need to understand that Jesus Christ is not just the Savior for America. He's the Savior of the world. For God so loved the world. The angels identified the babe with three titles. Did you catch that? He first, he's called the Savior. But unlike all the previous men who claimed to be a Savior, this baby was the Christ. Or that word Christ means Messiah. That's the second title. The Jews had been waiting hundreds and thousands of years for their Messiah to come, and now at last, he was here. And then the final title is he is called Lord, which reveals his divinity. The shepherds wouldn't have failed to mistake this connection, and uh, because this was the word that is used throughout the Old Testament, Yahweh, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. He would be called Emmanuel, God with us. The very name of the Lord himself, he is God in heaven. 
the third message to you in this scenario. It's somebody that appears in phases and, and the <coughs> group of uh, multitudes of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God on high and on earth, peace, goodwill. From the Jewish perspective, peace would only have been possible had uh, Jesus the Messiah overturned the Roman government, but he wasn't the very political peace that was set. That was the Israel come back and bring political peace that day. But his peace that came is the peace that would come into our hearts, having been alienated from God by our original sin, as well as our personal transgression. God, Jesus Christ, Take away that alienation, that enmity, and give to us eternal life. We'll use the pulpit microphone for now. Uh, you said last night we had a little struggle with this last night, and I said it was my magnetic personality, and I, I guess my magnetic personality is coming back again. Uh, so I'll just stay up here and use that. And, and is that all right? You know, I like to run around and scream and holler, but I'll, I'll be confined to this uh, this morning. The peace uh, of that came into our soul, Christ's atonement, bringing uh, us back into peace with God once we've received him by faith. He has given to us eter- internal peace uh, of God that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 7 says, uh, Now the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard and keep your hearts through Christ Jesus our Lord. And then this peace of the indwelling spirit, not only with him, with ourselves, but also a peace uh, with one another. This announcement of peace is for everyone who receives Jesus Christ as their Savior, because only then can we become people with whom he is well pleased. Our next song is Angels... We have heard on high another song that was written in the 1700s. It was written in French. It was actually translated into English in 1862. Interesting time there of being translated there in England and then came over here to America. Uh, It says, Gloria in excelsis Deo, which means uh, Latin... Glory to God in the highest. That's what the angels said. So as we sing there, uh, this song, uh, 225, started in 1700. Uh, <clears throat> and as we ring, sing out, in excelsis Deo, remember you're saying Latin, so glory to God in the highest. Let's sing it.
thank the Lord for the, the brass section up here as well. And I guess the woodwinds as well. I think a flute and the saxophone is a woodwind instrument. Is that correct? And Charlene shaking her head yes. She wasn't totally certain. That is a flute that you're playing back there, though, isn't it? Isn't it great to see Darlene join our orchestra up there? Yay! Praise the Lord for that. Renee, that's right. Well, we have a great special at this time. You know, we tried to keep the choir light today because they did such a marvelous job last night, didn't they? And all, but we would be remiss not to have at least one special here. So, uh, Glenda, if you'll... Oh, we have two specials here, don't we? That's right. If we pay for Yoshi to fly all the way in for Japan... Now, we didn't pay for his whole ticket. In fact, we didn't even pay for that much of his ticket. But we wanted to get as much out of Yoshi as we can. But, Glenda, you come and sing to us a beautiful song. It's entitled... Wonder, I Wonder as I Wonder. I have a short story about this. This song was actually based on a, am I on now? It was actually based on a folk uh, song that a man who was traveling through the Appalachian Mountains heard a little girl singing this song. And he paid her a quarter to sing it each time and tried to write down what she was singing. And that's how the song actually was developed.
as she was singing that song, didn't you sense the peace of the Lord? Yeah. You know, as you sit there and, and uh, you get to enjoy that song, and beautifully done. But I, I was just thinking of what we've been talking about when the angel said, peace on earth. I have peace with God. I have peace in my soul. And I can have peace with one another. Thank the Lord for the peace that God has given us. Do you know that peace? I hope you do. Well, as we know, Jesus Christ came to this world to be born in a stable, but also or in a manger, I should say. We don't know if that was truly in a stable, though. You'll understand that. Uh, in homes back then, uh, there would be uh, a guest house uh, in uh, these homes, and oftentimes the homes would be uh, up, uh, up above, and the animals would be below in the, the same home. Uh, and we don't know whether there's animals there or anything else like that. I mean, we have visions of what took place uh, that night that Jesus was born, but we know that it was a crowded time as the taxation came into this world. But Jesus came in the, the time, the fulfillment of time, the, the time that was appointed, the right time. And he came to die on the cross. This next song uh, is taken from Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And uh, many of the scriptures of the Old Testament would talk about that he would be crucified. You read Isaiah 53, and last Sunday we went into Psalm 22 that talked about the crucifixion. And uh, uh, Zechariah and uh, some of the minor prophets that talked about him coming to this world. But he did come to, to die on a cross. And here in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8 it says, And being found in fashion as a man. In other words, he took on humanity. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And that's probably the most cruel death that could ever come upon a man as he hung there on that cross and suffered for us. This next song, uh, Born to Die, it was written by uh, Ron Hamilton. Ron Hamilton, this is actually a, uh, a, a modern hymn, if you want to call it a modern song. Uh, Ron Hamilton and I uh, were in school together. In fact, he was my voice teacher. He won't claim that, but uh, he was my voice teacher when I was in school and was my coach when uh, we were preparing an ensemble to come out here to the Northwest. Uh, he's also known as Patch the Pirate. How many have heard of Patch the Pirate? Quite many of you have. It's a lot of uh, musicals and things done for children and everything like that. He became known as Patch the Pirate when he lost his eye to cancer. And uh, his ministry started uh, there as uh, the pirate and wrote uh, many songs in the relationship of a pirate and many wonderful truths. And this song uh, just filled with some wonderful truths. I hope you will think about the words. It's not as familiar to us, but we have sung it a few times here, and I think the orchestra knows it as well. Let's stand together. We'll uh, sing this and then we'll have prayer for our offering and then we'll take up our offering.
people said? Amen. Hard to imagine God sending his son to die on the cross for us. We're going to take up our offering, our guests, if you'll drop in your visitor's cards this morning, and then Yoshi's going to sing for us in this offering time. Uh, Father, I thank you so much that we've had this opportunity to sing these songs. I thank you, Father, for your goodness of sending your son to be our Savior. And so, Lord, as we celebrate Christmas, we also celebrate the reason that you would send your son to this world to be our Savior. Thank you, Father, so much for it. As you have given to us the offering of your son upon Calvary, now we, with glad hearts, take up this offering for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. song that Yoshi just sang was written by John Francis Wade in 1745. <clears throat> he actually fled England because of the persecution. As many of you know, the history of England during uh, several centuries, actually, between the Protestants and the Catholics, and some of that is still going on over there, but back then there would uh, they would change the monarchs, and uh, uh, when they changed the monarch, depending on their religion, uh, it became the state religion. And, you know, that's, by the way, why the pilgrims came over here uh, to flee the religious persecution that was over here. Well, John Francis Wade fled there in 1745, and he wrote this, um, this song. And by the way, uh, also in that time of those monarchs, uh, you know, that's when we uh, got our King James Bible in 1611. You all know about that. King James wanted a, a Bible written for the Protestants to unite the people there of England, and so he commissioned somewhere around 70 men to write the, the King James Bible. 
the words in that song were actually written in Latin, and many songs were written in Latin because that was kind of uh, the, um, the language of the church, especially the Catholic church. Uh, you've heard Adestis Fidelis, if I said that right. That means uh, come ye faithful, and so that's how that title got uh, written. Our next song is the first Noel, and uh, you say, well, what does Noel mean? Well, it actually is talking about, the original word is talking about a birth. Uh, this was written in the early uh, 1800s. In our songbook, and you might want to turn there if you wanted to, but 204 is the song title, we have actually six verses of the song in there. Most hymn books have four and maybe five, but a lot of songs that we sing today had more verses than what's in our hymn book. This song, we have six of them recorded. There was actually a seventh verse uh, written in this song by uh, <clears throat> this writer. And it, the seven, that verse is, Then they did know assuredly, talking about uh, the wise men, uh, within that house that king did lie. One did e enter in then uh, for to see and found the babe in poverty. Shepherds showing up, kings showing up to that manger, this first Noel. Let's sing it together.
you sound like a choir out there. Some of you are singing parts and hit those high notes. Boy, I love that. I'm not sure I hit even the low notes today, but praise the Lord for that. Well, as we come now to the conclusion of our story and the angels and the shepherds, the final message uh, is that Christmas is meant to be shared. Those shepherds, as soon as they heard this news, they got up, they went uh, to the, uh, the manger scene. And then in Luke chapter 2, verse 17, it says that they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. They didn't just stay at the, the manger scene. They went and they left and they proclaimed the truths of the announcement of the Savior coming. And truly it is good news, isn't it? And it is a message that needs to be shared. I have uh, been reading in my devotions. I use Bible Pathways, and we have those, by the way, back there for January. Uh, some of you uh, have not picked those up. I encourage you, um, as we start a new year, that you would find some aspect of devotional life that you would be doing uh, throughout the day or in the morning or evening time of uh, Bible study and all. I love reading the Bible through. Uh, in a year's time, it helps me to know what's going on. Well, I, uh, I'm a little bit ahead in my Bible reading, and today I read uh, December 31st, and it's the last two chapters of Revelation. And as I read this, and I think about this, uh, it's very convicting. You know, God wrote the book of Genesis, and he wrote, wrote all the 66 books, and he concluded with the book of Revelation. God knows the beginning from the end. Is that not correct? And when the book of Revelation closes its chapters and those final events of our history, eternity continues. And in eternity, there's a place called heaven and there's a place called hell. Do we believe that this morning? You know, as I was reading about the great white throne judgment and those things, my heart was pricked. Oh, yes, there's the good news of we know Jesus Christ is our Savior. We're going to heaven. The Bible says there in Revelation 21.7, And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my people. But the previous, or the next verse, it says, But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and adulterers, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth, with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You know, to understand the good news, there's also the bad news, that if a man dies without Jesus Christ as his Savior, there is a place called hell that they'll go to. We don't want people to go there. Would you agree with me? I wonder, as I make up uh, the thoughts of my goals for next year, yes, I want to continue reading through the Bible. I've set as a goal, not only for myself, but for our church, which we'll explain at our vision banquet, and that is to share the good news out there. Uh, those angels came, and they brought the glad tidings. I, I looked up that word, Ken, this morning about glad tidings and that good news, and I, and I found that that phrase or that Greek word is used some 50 times in the New Testament. It is the good news. It's sometimes used as the gospel or the proclamation of the gospel, because the word gospel means good news. It is used in 
in uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. It talks about how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of preach uh, of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. That word glad tidings there in Romans chapter 10 is the same word that is used there in Luke chapter 2. And in throughout the New Testament, that is the message. It actually is the good message from a good messenger. We this morning have heard the good news. We know the good news. Now God wants us to be good messengers. And by the way, that's the other meaning for a angel. Isn't that right? The word angel means a messenger. May God help us to be good messengers. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 1, uh, verses 8 and 9, another place where this is used. If anybody brings another gospel, they will be accursed. That's the idea there of bringing that gospel, bringing that good news. There is no other good news than that Jesus Christ came to this world, died on the cross, was buried, and rose again. That is the greatest news of them all. Amen to that? Amen. One of the things is the last place that this is used, that good news or glad tidings, is found in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, which I found was interesting because if you uh, believe in the rapture of the church and the tribulation period and the wilson decision period and the time, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 14, 6, that the angels or messengers will preach to everyone during those end times that good news. Can we go out and share that good news with others? Amen? Do you know that good news? Let's share it with others. Well, maybe you don't know that good news. Uh, this message is to be uh, proclaimed. The shepherds came when they heard that good news. They went out and they proclaimed that good news. Uh, this was not just an announcement that they could keep to themselves because the hope of humanity was there lying in a manger. If you know that good news, then share that new good news. If you don't know, why don't you come? Don't waste time. The shepherds didn't waste time. Don't you waste time. I'd like to give an invitation at this time, and I'd like to have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe this morning you've heard the Christmas message all through your life, which I'm sure most of us have. But this morning, maybe God's speaking to your heart about that good news coming to you in your life and putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want to encourage you while heads are bowed right now. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then glorify him as such. Live for him and proclaim that message to others. But if this morning you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, then why don't you put your faith in Christ? Why would God send his son to this world to die on a cross if it wasn't for you? He came for you. And so this morning as we celebrate Christmas and all the truths of that history, the events that we've talked about. It was for you that he died. Why don't you develop a personal relationship with him by trusting in him for eternal destiny? What I read there in Revelation 21 about the liars and everything, you know, every one of us is a liar here. But when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
he washes away all of your sin. And you're no longer considered a sinner in his eyes. You actually are considered a saint. Not because of your good works, but because Jesus Christ has washed away all of your sins. The penalty, the eternal penalty of sin, gone forever because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Why don't you put your faith there? Not in a church, not in a man, but in Jesus Christ. My wife's going to play just an invitation song here, Just As I Am. Many of us know it. Why don't we stand to our feet? If you know it, we'll keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. God's people said, amen. amen and amen. Well, <clears throat> once you've heard that good news and you find Jesus, you will never be the same. Amen? We're going to close our service with a song, uh, God, Good Christian Men Rejoice. And then we'll be dismissed, and I trust that you will have a blessed day today with your family and friends. And again, there is no service tonight, and there's things that are taking place in our services that you'll be able to see on the screen up there. Let's sing together, 203, just one verse. Good Christian men rejoice.
folks, be careful as you go home. Enjoy today. Make sure you take plenty of time.